0: hello american happy thursday what a great show we have ahead for you at here at john solomon reports the podcast from just the news senator marsha blackburn from the great state of tennessee one of the leading voices on freedom one of the leading voices on fighting censorship and cancel culture in the senate one of the leading voices standing up for those military members who are being separated from their military service because of religious exemptions or religious objections to the COVID vaccine. She has been leading on that. And of course, she's also been leading on efforts to bust some of the monopolistic power that big tech companies like Apple and Google exert over the marketplace, particularly in the app store. She has a a landmark piece of legislation working its way through the Senate called the Open App Markets Act. Well, Senator Blackburn's going to be here at the top of the show to give us an update on all of those issues, including her reaction to the acknowledgement by new Twitter owner Elon Musk that Twitter did in fact interfere in the 2020 election and by Twitter's ex safety chief and censorship advocate Joel Roth who said that it was a mistake to have censored the Hunter Biden story. That is all ahead for us in the first part of the show. And then it is AMAC Thursday, one of my favorite times of the week. We're going to bring in another great guest from the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC. Andy Mangione, Senior Vice President for their Action Arm, is going to be here. Last week, there was some stunning testimony that AMAC gave at a field Senate hearing in Florida. Rebecca Weber, who had been on the show recently, the president of AMAC, She divulged that there are a million more seniors in poverty this year as a result of President Joe Biden's policies than were a year ago. A million seniors pushed into poverty as a result of the Biden economy. That has long-term implications for the economy, for the social safety net, for each of those million seniors. And how is it that one of the greatest, wealthiest, most powerful countries in the world have seniors slipping into poverty in the midst of this Enormous economy that we have that generates so much money. That's a question we're going to ask Andy Mangione on AMAC Thursday. Now, because it's AMAC Thursday, we always have a special offer that AMAC provides our listeners. And I have an idea. As you know, I'm a five-year member. I signed up for five years. I love the membership You'll make back your money on it the first few weeks just from discounts you get on insurance and travel and other really cool discount programs. Then you get all the benefit of the incredible news and information and, and of course, all of the grassroots work that's being done to protect your interest in Washington. But why don't you give an AMAC membership this year as a Christmas gift to someone in your life that you love who could take advantage of the... Discounts. Who can take advantage of the intelligence and political reporting and news action items who can maybe get enlisted by AMAC Action and become a citizen volunteer, maybe as an, an election poll watcher or maybe as someone who goes to Congress and advocates on behalf of issues like saving Social Security or reversing some of the damage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, doesn't reduce inflation but does create some other problems. Well, you can do that real simply. And AMAC has made it super simple for us. They've created a custom URL for anyone in the Justin News family. All you do is you go to AMAC, A M A C dot U S slash just news, amac.us slash just news. You can go get a membership for yourself. You can can gift a membership to a loved one, a family, a friend member, maybe a colleague at work that you think would enjoy it. But what an incredible opportunity. What a great and special and unique Christmas gift. Go do it today. amac.us slash Just News. Now, if you go do that, you're helping AMAC, of course, but you're also helping us because AMAC is one of our strategic advertising partners, one of our sponsors, and they not only bring great content onto the show, they make it possible for us to do some of the reporting that we bring to you each day on this show, on the Just the News No Noise TV show, and of course, on the Just the News website, where you check 24-7 the breaking news and investigative headlines. So go check that out today. Go give the gift of AMAC for this Christmas at amac.us justnews. It'll be a gift that we'll keep on giving for years and years to come. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Senator Marshall Blackburn from Tennessee. We're going to talk about big tech censorship and the canceling of incredible military men and women who are being kicked out of the military because they have religious exemptions to the vaccine, COVID vaccine. An incredible conversation to head right after these commercial messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As promised, a very special guest. Whenever you talk about the Senate, you cannot talk very long without mentioning this senator. She's at the center of so many of the important pieces of legislation and accountability in Congress right now. She is the great senator from the state of Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. Senator, great to have you on again. Well, it is
2: so good to join you. I always enjoy being with you and your audience.
0: We enjoy you as well. And so much to talk about, particularly in the censorship realm. I think there was a moment in the last couple of days, it was an obvious moment, but for this former Twitter safety chief, Joel Roth to say, I made a mistake on Hunter Biden. I know you've been saying that a lot longer than he was, but any sense of vindication in his comments there?
2: Honestly, John, I think that the that Silicon Valley is finally figuring out that with Republicans in charge of the House, that there are going to be some oversight hearings. There's also going to be a push to restructure sec- Section 230, which deals with uh, the censorship provisions, and uh, that there is a push by the American people to break up some of these companies, to remove some of this power from these companies. I like to say that consumers are at the point that when it comes to their virtual you, which is them and their presence online, they want to own their virtual you. They are tired of being owned by these big tech companies, whether it comes to hardware, the iPhone in their hands, our software, the apps and the platforms that they are using every single day in their transactional life.
0: Yeah, it is remarkable. And that allegiance that now we're starting to see more and more cooperation or even collusion between those big tech platforms and some in government that want to further infringe speech or further infringe rights. There was an unusual revelation in court the other day. It was in one of the January 6th defendants cases, but the use of these geofence warrants, which seemed like general warrants to me, which is give us all the phone numbers that were in a certain location, regardless of whether we think they did something wrong or not. The revelation in the court filing was 5,000 phone numbers were scooped up. Many of them having nothing to do at January 6th, the growth of big tech kind of cooperating with government and creating these sort of large dragnets, is that an area where the Judiciary Committee and the Senate might eventually go take a look at things?
2: Indeed, it is an area that will be looked at because it gets to consumer online privacy and the privacy that you have around your devices where you are conducting much of your business and transacting much of your life. Now in this with scooping up all of these phone numbers, they probably have scooped up the phones that were for members of Congress or family members that were here or people that were working in buildings around the Capitol. So uh, the utilization of this, uh the data that is contained on those numbers, uh the calls that were placed, the calls that um were made there is that is of concern that that the federal government could have that much access to someone to a citizen's information when that citizen has been indicated in no way, shape, or form for having done anything wrong.
0: Yeah, in fact, our country was founded on the idea that we wouldn't have general warrants like Great Britain and others had, and it seems as though there's a growing scooping up of data that feels more like a general warrant than the specific search warrants that our Fourth Amendment has always protected us from. And so, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Another area where you have had enormous influence is in the monopolistic power Apple and Google and others in the app stores have. You have a landmark piece of legislation which got through the Judiciary Committee, the Open App Markets Act. I bet you Apple and Google are a little nervous about this legislation, aren't they?
2: Oh, yes. And I've had a conversation with Tim Cook about this Open App Market Act. And you're correct. Uh, the the bill actually has received quite a bit of publicity over the past week as there was uh, the conversation or the assumption, whether it was misunderstanding or whatever, that Apple would remove Twitter from the Apple App Store. Now, my legislation is pretty specific. Uh, what it would do is remove the Apple App Store and the Google App Store as the gatekeeper for any and all apps that can go on your device. Right now, you have to go there. You have to download the app. Uh, it is very difficult to do what's called side loading which is putting an app on your phone that is not in the App Store. Now, Google and Apple have had a monopoly on this because they say, okay, we will market and make this available to everybody with an iPhone. Sounds pretty tempting, doesn't it? But they're taking 30% of the profit from those app innovators and they are requiring that you use the apple or the google payment system they do this because they capture your data they do this because then the upgrades go through them all of this is a revenue stream i believe that you the consumer who owns the device you're not renting this from apple you bought it from apple You should be able to control what goes on your phone. Now, my Open App Market Act actually came about from innovators in Tennessee who were innovating in um, the health IT, the financial services, the entertainment spaces. And they would say, hey, do you realize that Apple kind of has us over a barrel? And if they decide they don't like our app, then we lose our market share. And they want to be able to control that. So that's how the bill came about. It is Senator Blumenthal and I. It has wide bipartisan support, so much so that it came out of judiciary committee on a unanimous voice vote. And we are ready to put this on the floor. Of course, big tech companies are saying, no, 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 don't do this to us. Uh, Apple and Google are saying this is uh, lucrative for us. Uh, they're trying to get Schumer to not put it on the floor. We're fully aware of that. We're fully aware that they are that they are uh, opposing the bill. But bear in mind, if Elon Musk could market Twitter – and have you download from him, upgrade from him, uh, not have to go through Apple, that would be a good thing. Just like it's a good thing for other people who are innovators.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. And it probably would have a profound effect on free speech and innovation, which a lot of people are advocating for. Such important legislation, we're going to be keeping a close eye. Do you have any sense of whether Schumer will allow a floor vote or not?
2: We are hopeful that he will allow it to move forward with unanimous consent. When you come out of committee on a unanimous voice vote, that's pretty hefty bipartisan support.
0: Yeah, that's a rare moment in Washington, so you know it's important when that happens. A very important legislation. We're going to have all eyes on that. You also are working hard in the current markup and work on the amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act to protect those service members who are being fired because of the vaccine mandate. Those terminations look even more and more remarkable when you realize that people are still getting the virus despite the vaccines. And so even the argument for the mandates have been eroded. Tell us what's going on in the NDA and will you be able to protect those soldiers and troops from termination?
2: Well, we are certainly working on it. And in my post at Senate Armed Services Committee, we are continuing uh, to work to push my two amendments that I had during the National Defense Authorization Act markup. Uh, This would have prohibited DOD from removing people who did not get the vaccine until DOD and the military branch reached their goals for their recruitment levels for the year. We know that recruitment levels are way down, that, that um, our Army is going to be about 15,000 troops short this year, and they think will be about 21,000 troops short mm-hmm. next year. So my amendment is simple. It doesn't say, DOD, you cannot do a VAX mandate. It says, DOD, you cannot do a VAX, vaccine mandate until you reach your recruitment and retention goals. That protects our men and women in uniform and it protects the um, the military, it protects our army and their mission and being able to implement their core mission. I'm working with House Armed Services Committee and Uh, with Republicans in the House. We're trying to get this in the bill that the House is going to pass first and then send over to us in the Senate.
0: Yeah, and there's also some positive action on this front in the courts. One of the federal appeals courts yesterday put a pause on the Air Force vaccine mandate again, the latest in several courts to do so. It seems as the courts have as much concern about this as you do, right?
2: Oh, yes, the courts do, because they're looking at this. You know, the president who said the vaccine is over, the uh, pandemic is over. Um, we know that you can get uh, vaccinated, double vaxxed, boosted, double, triple boosted, and still get COVID. We know that people who contracted COVID and maybe didn't know they had it, uh, that they're um, antibodies are stronger than what you get through the vaccine. We also know that there are people who family members got the vaccine and had an adverse reaction. We know that with young men, there has been the issue of the side effect being myocarditis. Because of this, there are people that who, who have applied for medical exemptions. The military has approved, or I should say the Army, has approved, get this, 0.0047% of the medical exemptions. These are people that have had it, people that a family member has had an adverse reaction to it, or maybe their brother they got myocarditis and the family physician is saying, you all might want to just exercise some caution and not do this.
0: Yeah, that's well, an amazing moment to take a pause. There was so much emotion driving a lot of these decisions. And now it seems like science and good public policy, particularly with your hard work, are starting to come to the forefront, and, and we're going to fix a lot of these problems. I want to ask one last question, because you fight for freedom not only in the United States, but across the world. You're such a champion of it. The revelation that yeah, Apple worked with China to shut down airdrop just before these protests started. I know you have a lot of concern about the potential complicity of an American company with the Chinese communist government. Tell us a little bit about what concerns you about those revelations.
2: Oh, yes. The fact that you have a U.S.-based company that would do the bidding of the Chinese Party. And you know that it is their request that put this in place because the Chinese Communist Party told Huawei to shut off the phones. So people that were using a Huawei device lost their ability to communicate. And then it is closely followed by Uh, Apple turning off AirDrop. You know, John, we have the U.S. Open Technology Fund. And when it came to the protest in Cuba, when it came to uh, Russia invading Ukraine, the Open Technology Fund opened a window over those countries for people to be able to get out their videos to tell the story of what was going on on the inside. And I find it very interesting that this White House has chosen to say, we support the protesters. But as far as I know, they have not opened the window on the Open Technology Fund. And we need to let the uh, Chinese Communist Party know that we, the United States of America, are going to stand with the Chinese citizens who are fighting, in some cases, for their lives, and all fighting for their freedom.
0: Yeah, such an important message. And we've been so tepid over the last two years to embrace either the Iranian protesters fighting for freedom in their country or the Chinese protesters fighting against those awful COVID restrictions. The Biden administration's voice of freedom has been very muted, hasn't it?
2: It has, indeed. And their coziness with the Chinese Communist Party is of tremendous concern.
0: Yeah, that it is. Well, one thing we know, your voice for freedom will never be muted. Senator, it's such a great honor to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us.
2: Good to be with you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, ma'am. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just thirty dollars at AMAC. By joining over two million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC dot us forward slash. All right, folks. Welcome back for the commercial break. You know what it is. It's AMAC Thursday, one of my favorite times of the week. A great opportunity to get together with our friends at AMAC and talk about some of the big issues. And the last week gives us an amazing news that AMAC's president, Rebecca Weber, actually testified at a congressional hearing about the state of senior citizens in America and what has happened to them since the Biden presidency began. It was pretty compelling testimony, statistics, and facts that I think a lot of people don't get to hear in the mainstream media every day. Today, we're going to get a first-hand account from Andy Mangione, AMAC Actions Senior Vice President. Andy, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. It's has glad to be here, John. A big moment, this field hearing down in Florida at the Villages last week. Uh, I think for the very first time, an AMAC official testifying in a hearing. Tell us a little bit about the message that Rebecca delivered to lawmakers.
1: We're uh, very pleased and very honored that Rebecca had the opportunity. She was invited by Florida Senator Rick Scott uh, to testify before Congress in a field hearing. This took place in the villages, uh, and as you know, you know Senator Scott was a former governor of, of Florida, and uh, we have an excellent relationship with his office. And she was invited along with a couple of other panelists to talk about the impact. Of Biden administration policies on seniors, and uh, there was nothing left of the imagination uh, with regard to uh, what she had to say, and it was uh, supported by the other panelists in their testimony as well. And she, you know, she described this administration, uh, rightfully so, as the most destructive to seniors regarding their longevity, their prosperity, and their legacy in the last fifty years. And she broke down many things. Now we were able to submit a 15-page written testimony, and then she was able to give oral testimony, which was a summary of that, and then answer questions from Senator Scott. Uh, but she you know, went into how um, one million more seniors are living in poverty uh, since the Biden administration took office. And this is not our number. This is a U.S. Census Bureau number that was published in September of this year. All right, and you know, John, that seniors live on fixed incomes, and it's a combination of uh, any retirement savings that they might have, a pension they might be receiving, and Social Security. It's limited income. All right, and they have federal healthcare programs like Medicare and Medicaid to help them, and this creates a safety net. And Rebecca illustrated that uh, the Biden administration is blowing holes in this safety net, uh, increasing costs due to the Biden administration policies. Have uh, have, have Really blown holes in the safety net and it's hurting seniors. And as I talked about, the, the continued high inflation is costing the average American family more than $3,500. All right. And I mentioned how the number of seniors living in poverty rose by nearly 1 million. John, more than 10% of seniors are now living below the poverty line. And that, that number of seniors living in poverty is expected to rise throughout this year and into next year.
0: Yeah, and it was a really significant jump, 9.5% of the elderly population to 10.7% in a single year. I mean, that's so dramatic. The only difference between those two years clearly was the change in presidency. One of the things that I think gets glossed over, and a lot of people ask me this question, we keep hearing about the Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, doesn't reduce inflation at all, according to the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, nonpartisan. They've they've debunked the idea that it's reducing inflation. But there are many elements of that law that actually are counterproductive or hurtful to seniors. Tell us a little bit about what Rebecca talked about and what AMAC has found about the impact of that legislation on senior citizens.
1: I'm glad to, John. We focused in on the medical and the healthcare aspect of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, What Democrats have done with the IRA, uh, they doubled down on refusing to let the free market solve rising healthcare costs, including prescription drug costs. They, uh, through the IRA, uh, have implemented a price-fixing scheme And what this means is that due to a provision that's in the Inflation Reduction Act, the Secretary of Health and Human Services can now dictate the price for a limited number of drugs for Medicare Part B and Medicare Part D. Everybody's running around saying, oh, look, Medicare can now negotiate prices with big drug companies. That's not how it works. It's the federal government mandating and dictating pricing. All right. Now, there were some estimates. Uh, that suggests that price fixing by the HHS will reduce some Medicare Part D outpatient drugs and up to, uh, you know, by a significant amount by 2031, but you have to counter that by the fact that the US market provides about 75% of the global returns on drug innovation. That's research and development. And this government price setting will reduce the capital that's available to continue the engine, the United States engine that drives research and development. And here's another caveat to the IRA and this whole price fixing scheme. If a drug manufacturer chooses not to participate in the quote unquote negotiation process, that means they refuse to take the price that the government is telling them they must charge for their drug, the federal government will tax the company at 65% of the previous year's sale of that particular drug with a concurrent increase of 10% per quarter up to 95%. Now, they tried to get this done uh, in other legislation, that specific caveat. And those numbers were looked at. So it's reasonable to expect that the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act has on future pharmaceutical research and development will be identical to previous Democrat drug price controls proposals and what this means to seniors. Seniors are the ones who benefit most from new therapies. This means fewer life-saving branded drugs are coming to market. And this will reduce Americans' average life expectancy. Again, this is documented by a University of Chicago study that studied price fixing, and what that means in uh, what that means regarding the pipeline of new medications coming to market, and a corresponding effect on the life expectancy of people who take those drugs. So it's it's not going to. And, and I've got to say, and uh, Senator Scott mentioned this in the testimony. We've already witnessed evidence of this expectation. There's a drug manufacturer called Alnylam. They announced that they would suspend development of therapy for an eye disorder. They announced that in November as it evaluates the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act. So we're already seeing this. This is not just somebody pulling these numbers out of the air. Uh, we have studies that back this up, and we've seen it in action with a drug manufacturer walking away from a uh, it was treatment for a rare eye disorder. As they evaluate the impact the IRA will have on their business and their uh, their pipeline.
0: Now there have been other and more successful efforts to bring down insulin costs under President Trump. There were some changes to the Part D senior savings model, a requirement that pharmacies share the rebates they get from the. Of uh, ph- uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers back to their customers. And there was actually progress being made in the open marketplace, a very different approach with more success than what price fixing has occurred. What has happened to the Trump reforms?
1: The Trump reforms, it, it, it's, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because we were present uh, in 2020 uh, at the Eisenhower office building, which is on campus with the White House, when uh, President Trump signed some executive orders. Uh, that uh, one of them was the uh, a rebate act that allowed a a sharing of rebates that uh, pharmacy benefit managers received from drug manufacturers with Medicare Part D beneficiaries at the point of purchase to lower their out out of pocket expenses. That was uh, delayed and then discarded. You're seeing uh, the Biden administration systematically eliminate uh, Trump reforms. When you're talking about the insulin. Uh, pricing. We were at, uh, we, Bob from our president, was in, in the Rose Garden uh, when President Trump announced the reforms that he made with regard to insulin pricing. In fact, it was uh, the only video that they played, and they were doing everything by video because this is 2020 and it was during COVID. Uh, the only testimony that you heard at that press conference at the Rose Garden was from an AMAC member who described how he struggles to pay for his uh, insulin. And what President Trump did in true free market fashion was bring insulin manufacturers together, Part D plant sponsors together, they, and they, they all got together and they negotiated a process by which the price of insulin was dropped significantly. And anything, it seems, and this is, in, in, in my opinion, it seems that uh, anything that had to do with the Trump reform when the Biden administration took over in January 2021 was delayed or outright, or outright scrubbed and uh it, it and it's it's just because Trump's name was on it in my opinion,
0: yeah, and it really shows a difference a free market solution usually has much longer lasting impact than the manipulated market solutions like price fixing and other things There are lots of studies that have just shown that government interventions like like price fixing just don't have a long-term positive effect and yet free market solutions do. A very clear difference between the two parties right now about how to go about doing this. There's another issue that I think lingers out there for senior citizens and Joe Biden's given a lot of rhetoric in 30 years but never really done anything The Biden administration is kind of sitting on its hands when it comes to addressing Social Security solvency. Tell us a little bit about the state of play on that and how much more concerned we should be as the program veers towards insolvency.
1: It is veering toward insolvency, okay? The Social Security Board of Trustees, they project that the program's financial reserves, okay, will be fully depleted by 2035. The CBO suggests three years earlier at 2032. And these projections were made, John, before the 2023 cost of living adjustment was announced at 8.7%. They're expecting the insolvency to speed up because of that cost of living adjustment. And I do want to say that, of course, seniors deserve a cost of living adjustment. But when the cost of living adjustment can't keep pace with inflation, uh, it's really not going to help them. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen when the principal is exhausted? And the Social Security program reverts to a cash in, cash out basis. Number one, there's not enough workers to cover the benefits. Okay, it's not a tax issue, John. This is a worker involvement issue. And when you reach the point of total depletion, that means an instant 20 to 25% reduction in benefits for all seniors drawing Social Security. That's going – and there's no policy in law – I'm sorry, John, but there's no policy in law right now that prevents that from happening. The longer we wait, the worse this problem gets. And AMAC has been warning Congress for at least 10 years on what's happening. And what you have, you've got a very political situation. You've got Democrats on the one hand who will demonize anybody for suggesting we even look at the insolvency issue. Everybody remembers the the uh, commercial of what was supposed to be Paul Ryan pushing grandma off a cliff. They say that you're slashing Social Security benefits. They say that you're going to get rid of the program for merely suggesting we look at the insolvency. And those comments are always directed towards Republicans. That rhetoric, if you think that the program can continue as is without some kind of systematic change to it, you're dreaming. This has to be addressed. And Amex has got a plan. We've been promoting our plan. Uh, our, we call it the social security guarantee. We've been doing it for years on Capitol Hill and we will continue to do it. We know that no system is perfect and we don't care who gets credit for fixing social security. But one of the foundation, foundational reasons Dan Weber started AMAC was to shore up social security. and The easiest thing to do is to raise taxes. And here's what's going what it's going to take. If you were to look at uh, the 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 uh, payroll tax right now. Okay. In order to raise it to the point where you can sustain the program for years, the increase would be, would mirror, or not mirror, but it would be very similar to the increase. It would be so great. It would be something like a 26% increase in payroll taxes that would rival. Uh, the 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 income tax that was introduced during World War II, when the, you know when FICA was introduced, it would be a shock to the system and it would ruin the economy. So it's, we don't think that that's an option, and we've got a plan, and it's on our website. Uh, that makes Social Security solvent for 75 years without raising taxes. And yes, we look at some structural changes to it because we're being honest about this. You have to have an honest intellectual discussion about this. And we're going to continue to have those discussions on Capitol Hill. And hopefully now, John, with a mixed Congress as we roll into the 118th Congress in 2023 – Uh, we might be able to get something done. We're ever optimistic about it, but kicking the can down the road is definitely not an option.
0: Yeah, inaction is surrender. And we're just getting closer and closer to that tipping point. I remember when I first started in this town, As a young reporter in 1990, and then people say, oh, we'll get this addressed in the next few years, and 30-plus years have squandered away, and we've done nothing but delay any real solution to the program. It's just jaw-dropping. There is this extraordinary moment ahead of us where there'll be a change in leadership, at least in the House. What sort of expectations does AMAC, AMAC action have for things that can get done next year in Congress, even in the midst of a divided government between Biden, Schumer and Kevin McCarthy or whoever the Republican leader will be?
1: Right, right. Well, the good news is that Nancy Pelosi is gone. You know, let's let's start the conversation out with that point, OK? And maybe, uh, you know, there's reasonable Democrats there. Do you know that there, there are reasonable Democrats? Um, I don't know how many. We're going to find them all right uh who will be unshackled by Nancy Pelosi holding the purse strings or whatever threats that she was making to keep you know uh her conference in order uh so we know that that uh, uh looking at a divided congress we can stop Joe Biden we can't stop him from um, we can't stop him from executive ordering but that's no way to govern and those could always be undone so we're keeping a realistic you know eye open with regard to what can get done but with in terms of legacy this is, you know, you heard me say. Looking at Social Security, we think that there might be an opportunity. Okay, I think that that our focus is going to be on uh, the border. Uh, we're going to be calling out some people in the in the Biden administration. They may not have those jobs much longer. But um, so there, there's there's more that can get done. Uh, we don't. There's not going to be a whole lot of screaming and yelling. We think with regard to um, uh, moving uh, America forward, uh, I think that it'll have. The the new Congress will have an opportunity to to get some things done. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be sweeping. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that uh, the Democrats have the White House and the Senate, but the Senate, you know, is is, is razor thin. Uh, and they've got uh, Senator Manchin, Sen- Senator Sin- Sinema, who you know give Democrats fits, but uh, in the end, at the end of the day, they're still Democrats. But um, um, you know, I, I yeah, you know, sir, you know, John, I just don't think that uh, I, I think that we can get, we might be able to make some modest progress, and uh, we we want to set the expectation, we're going to try like heck. Don't get us wrong, you know, we're going to go for broke. Uh, but, but you know, to, 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 to expect that there's going to be sweeping changes, I think, might be a little unrealistic. But, you know, we're still going to seek out those moderate Democrats who were afraid to speak up. Now that Nancy's no longer there, perhaps they will
0: uh, take a step forward. Yeah, such an important time. And as you said, the most important thing is that more destructive policy will be stopped. There is a check and balance now in place in Congress to stop some of the policies that were most destructive. We're getting into the holiday season. I always love to look out and I've been thinking now that I enjoy my AMAC membership so much that giving an AMAC membership to a loved one, a friend, a family member for Christmas is a really good idea. Andy, you set up some really special things for Just the News members and John Solomon Report listeners to take advantage of that. People do give AMAC subscriptions and memberships as a gift, don't they?
1: They do it all the time. And we're constantly adding to our roster of member benefits that's constantly being built out. Um, People are approaching us. uh, So we, we have so much to offer. Uh, Not only just from an ideological perspective, because we do tell you, yeah, we're a right of center organization. And a lot of people do join for the work that we do in Washington and the work that our delegates and our chapter leaders do in states across the country. And that's fantastic. But, you know, if if you look at it, if you look at just some of the uh, of the products and services that we offer, the roadside assistance program is wonderful. We have a, a variety of under 65 and over 65 insurance products Uh, And and, and and when I say variety, I mean, there's tons of choices to choose from as opposed to some other groups that just put all their eggs in one insurer's basket. But, uh, yeah, people give they give AMAC memberships for anniversaries. And, And we know this because our members tell us for birthdays. And and certainly for Christmas. So uh, it would make a wonderful gift. when I mean, you can give the gift of conservatism. How's that,
0: John? I know. Not many places you can do that at? But AMAC is one of them. And by the way, I was just looking for home insurance the other day. And I said, hey, I'm going to pull out my AMAC card. And I looked at the Traverse program. Yeah, I could save a lot of money. This is great. Everybody gets an opportunity to win when you get one of these memberships. So give a gift. If you're looking for something unique this year. Go ahead and match what I did. I did the five-year membership Best value you're ever going to get, folks, for AMAC. There's a special price. All you got to do to take advantage of that, to get that gift for you and your loved ones, go to amac.us slash justnews, amac.us slash Just News. you'll get a special discount offer. You'll get that five-year membership. You'll get it as a gift. It'll pay for itself in the first few days. Seriously, start looking at just the discounts and the plans and the opportunities, of products. You're going to save all the money that you put into the membership. Then you get all the other satisfaction of knowing what's going on in Washington, becoming part of a civilian grassroots army that's trying to make this country better, save Social Security, make insulin prices lower the right way. That's what AMAC does every day. And it's always an honor to have you on. The next couple of weeks are going to be pretty tumultuous in Washington. we got to get one more spending bill through so the government stays open. What is AMAC Action watching for as we get into the final days of this final Congress?
1: John, we're trying to get the the Pharmacy Benefit Manager Transparency Act put into any final spending package. We've been making a concerted effort for the last few months Uh, What this would do would be uh, it's a it's a way to lower drug costs for all Americans. Uh, Some of these PBM uh, price uh, pricing strategies are anti-competitive and they have been shown to drive up the cost of prescription drugs. And there's a wonderful bill that we supported that was introduced back in came out of committee in June. And we've been running with it since June. But we think that there's an appetite. And we know that because we've been visiting uh, lawmakers uh, over and over again regarding this issue and we think we I, you know there, nothing's guaranteed as you well know but we're particularly looking at getting the PBM uh, Transparency Act uh, passed uh, put into a spending package which would uh, make PBMs accountable to Congress with regard to their business practices and expose these anti-competitive business practices and hopefully inject some free market competition which would lower costs for and the projection for these drug costs being lowered would be around twenty five percent and that 's for every American, including seniors on medicare
0: that is a big difference. Wow, that can make a, especially in an inflation riddled economy that 's the savings that everybody could cherish almost instantly so Big thing to be keeping a close eye on. I'm sure we'll have you back on to give us an update on that before the end of the year. Andy, always a lot of fun. Congratulations to Rebecca on some very important testimony. And I think we learned a lot. I think a lot of Americans didn't know there were a million more seniors in poverty in the last year under Joe Biden. That's a really powerful fact we got to get more people aware of. But thanks for joining us today. And we'll have you back on real soon. My pleasure, John. Thank you. Yeah, great honor to have you on, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day right after these messages.
3: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe, now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Be sure to go out tonight and check us out on The TV show, Just the News, No Noise, on Real America's Voice, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Channel 219 on the Dish Network, Channel 240 on the Pluto Network, on all of the apps, including Roku, Apple, you name it. And of course, you can watch it on the Just the News app by hitting the Watch button if you go to the Android or iOS stores, you can download the Justin News app and immediately get the Justin News show by hitting the watch button down below. You can, if you hit the listen button, you'll get this show. So, a great way to tune into some of our great content. But on the show tonight, we've got an all star cast starting with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York, one of the most influential voices in Congress in the Republican caucus right now. She's going to talk to us about what's going on behind the scenes of the leadership fight for the Republican Party and so, so much more. And then Bernie Carrick, former NYPD commissioner, security expert, advocate for free speech, political consultant. We're going to have him on. Uh, a lot to talk about there as well. And if you didn't get a chance to check out last night's show, we had an amazing interview with the former CEO of Levi Jeans. She lost her job as a result of speaking her mind and asking San Francisco schools to start allowing children to come back from the pandemic and be taught in schools because they were being harmed by the absences. And for that, she got kicked out of her job as president of brand for Levi Jeans. We're going to replay that on Sunday afternoon. You're going to have an extraordinary chance to listen to that interview and the things that went on behind the scenes in corporate America and what is going on in woke corporations all across this country. Very insightful interview. And same thing on Saturday. we got a great podcast planned for you on Saturday. Senator Robert Torricelli, a former senator from New Jersey, a Democrat, a champion of freedom, has some pretty harsh words for the Biden administration's work on China, for its work on Iran, its failure to embrace the Iranian opposition, and a very strong, poignant Warning about the danger of cancel culture and censorship in America. A Democrat taking on a liberal censorship machine. You're going to want to catch that on Saturday. Very powerful words from a elder statesman of the Democratic Party who doesn't like what he sees from his own party, from his own country at this extraordinary moment in American history. So check that out. That will be pretty amazing. On JustTheNews.com, we've got you covered on the state dinner tonight. French leader Macron is here, the first state dinner for Joe Biden, and a lot of controversy. They're serving Maine lobster there, even though the Biden administration has taken actions to harm the Maine lobster industry. Democratic congressman from Maine calling out his own president on that. But there'll be a lot of important foreign policy stuff. We'll have that on Just the News all throughout the night tonight, so check that out as well. So a lot of stuff ahead. We're going to have a busy weekend of great content. Don't go anywhere. But until then, I ask that God bless you, and God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. Thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. And remember, go give the gift of AMAC for Christmas. Go give an AMAC membership to a loved one in your life. It's a great Christmas gift amac.us slash news Special prices. Go give the gift of AMAC. You'll be supporting Just the News and AMAC's great mission at the same time. All right, folks, that wraps up our show. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite.